male VGA port. I work tech support for a medical equipment company. Includes SW. A lot of calls end up getting network issues anyway. There was a power surge the night before. Equipment isn't connecting or communicating. Nothing can connect to the server. Server seems to be offline. This server is headless. I message him to try and connect the monitor to the server to see if the status is as he assured me it was on and physically connected to the network. There's a lot of fumbling and mumbling. He has a spare monitor but seems like he can't find a cable. Some time goes by and I get curious. Maybe I missed something? He told me he was looking for a male VGA cable. Then I do what I should have done and had him force reboot the server. And then everything magically worked. I'm 99% sure the server was never on and this dude never checked. What's up everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. Something a little bit different today. Figured I'd start with a story first. Oh look. The jackalope was crooked. Both of them. Anyway, no cats today. They've all gone AWOL. So we're just going to do this thing. Oh well. Why go to IT when you can just whip out your company credit card? Or tell me your problem instead of coming up with your own solution. I think everyone that works in IT has had at least one encounter where a user comes up with a solution instead of a problem. I had such an encounter a few months ago. One of our departments had a new joiner, and they needed a piece of software installed on the joiner's computer. We looked through our software catalog, but couldn't find it. But when we checked our inventory tool, we found that everyone in their department had it installed. I put it down to poor documentation, downloaded an installer, installed the program, confirmed it ran, and left it at that. A few days later, I'm asked what the license key is. Bugger. I look through our shared mailbox and can't find any references to this product or vendor. I check our licenses folder and turn up nothing. I check with the team making the request to find out when previous licenses were purchased. I checked it against the department's budget for the periods when the licenses had been bought in the past and discover we never purchased the licenses. Whoops. After some more digging, I find out that the license cost is CHF 125 per user. They have been purchased on the old manager's company credit card. The new manager doesn't have a company credit card. The current licenses they have are for an older version of the application. They previously licensed a user that no longer works for the company. Their old license cannot be transferred to the current version, and we cannot find an installer for the version they currently have. I reach out to the vendor's support for an old installer, and as expected, they told us to upgrade. Some arguments ensue as to who should be responsible for buying the new license. I say it shouldn't be us. My manager concurs. Their manager doesn't want the cost on their cost center, and this new joiner is sat there twiddling their thumbs one day a week because they need this software to complete their tasks. So I take a step back and figure out what this program actually does and what it's used for. It actually seems like a pretty cool application. You enter a path, enter some keywords or search terms, apply some filters like create date, last modified, file type, etc. And it'll return all files that satisfy those terms, identifying duplicates, highlighting the similarities or differences between files, etc. I ran it on our department's contracts folder and was able to find the invoice for a storage array we had purchased seven years prior, but hadn't been able to find the invoice for, which was preventing us from selling it to a reseller. But why did they need the program? Every day a series of reports come in from various locations. These reports are dumped into a single folder. The file names are randomly generated. Sometimes two or three reports can come in between them checking the folder, but they only need the latest report. Sometimes reports are accidentally sent with no data in them so these need to be discarded. 
They periodically need to find the latest report for a specific location and then email it to another team in another country. Different people on the team are responsible for different locations, hence why all the team needed this program. So the team will open the program, enter the path of the folder containing all the reports, search for the location code, and then click go. They then drag the latest report into the folder for that location and send an email to the team based in another country. It took about five minutes to understand the above process. I took a look into the contents of the report and saw that it's basically a CSV with a strange file extension. The first row is a header, containing the names for each column. The third column is a location code, which always follows one of the same formats. Number, letter, number, 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 letter, letter, number, number, letter, 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 number, letter, number, letter. Within 15 minutes, I have written a tested PowerShell script that will scan through all the files in the folder, use regex on the second line to extract the location code, copy the file to a new folder, renaming it to the location code and the date the report was generated, plus an auto-incrementing number on the end if there are more than one from the same day, and then adding the original file name to a text file to prevent the script from checking the same file twice. The script was placed on a task server and scheduled to run every 15 minutes. This meant the team could now go into this new folder, use Windows Search to find the location code, and then read the date and the file name to identify the latest report. It took about five minutes to train the team on the new process. And then upon realizing that the team they forward these reports to could perform the task just as easily, it took another five minutes to change the path renamed reports are saved to and train the second team on their new process. They'd been using this process for around five years. It took them around three hours a week to complete. They'd purchased four licenses for the tool so far at around CHF 125 per license. Estimating their hourly rate at CHF 30, their cost to date for completing this task would have been 30 times 3 times 52 times 5 equals 23,400. 125 times 4 equals 500. 23,900 CHF or 24,200 euros or 25,040 US dollars. Obviously, inflation, exchange rates, discount rate, etc. would alter this figure, but my hourly rate is around CHF 41 an hour. I spent probably an hour trying to implement their solution. 5 minutes understanding their problem, and 25 minutes implementing and training them on my solution. A solution that eliminated one team's need to do any work at all on this particular task. That's 90 minutes costing CHF 6150. CHF 23,900. CHF 6150. Do the maths. In short, when you have a problem, come to IT. Don't try to figure it out for yourself. I generally agree with this statement. To me though, it, it sort of depends on the scale of the problem. You know, if you got a monitor that won't come on, check your plugs, check your power switch, whatever. See if the power's out in the rest of the office because we know that's an issue. But for bigger problems like this, yeah, go to tech support or whoever your software guys are, blah, 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 and uh, see if there's another solution. A lot of times those guys can come up with a better solution, even if they can't write the script or whatever, or code, anything. They, they know who can, so, and they can figure out a solution where you're not knotted up with the... Uh, you know, using something that needs a license and pirating it or just not being able to use it. All right. This next one, <laughs> keep in your mind, I'm not going to sing it and I'm not, I can't play the tune because I will get copyright struck like that. Uh, but keep the tune. They're coming to take me away. Ha ha. I don't know what the official song name is, but it's a song. Trust me. I'll have a link in the description down below so you can listen to the tune, the song and then picture these words in that. It's basically a poem. 
the goat farm, Das Boxen, yay. And that's the link there, but I'll have it in the description so you guys can click it. Remember when you ran away? When I had a look of such dismay. I begged you not to leave, you see. Notably when 1990s Dells are dropped in front of me. You zoomed on your merry way, and I couldn't even say, have a nice day. With cylinders and sectors obscure, my next week will be a blur. And they're coming to take me away, ha ha. They're coming to take me away, ho ho, he he, ha ha. To the goat farm where all you have to do all day is watch the goats bleed away. And they're coming to take me away, ha ha. I wish this really was a joke, for I must not lose the magic smoke. ATX they should abide, but Dell for years chose a dark side. Image the drive came to mind. Bored with SATA and IDE I shall find. G-parted I hope wonders do, as I feel like an exhibit in a zoo. And they're coming to take me away, ha ha. They're coming to take me away, ho ho he he ha ha. To the goat farm where all you have to do all day is watch the goats bleat away. And they're coming to take me away, ha ha. With a Windows 95 badge on display, I thought I would not show dismay. Imaging was so very slow, I wish I pulled out my Nintendo. My joy of work left so quickly, as Manglement's clouds of enmity. Out of the spares was chosen, a Core i3 from 2011. And they're coming to take me away, ha ha. They're coming to take me away, ho ho, he he, ha ha. To the goat farm where all you have to do all day is watch the goats bleed away. And they're coming to take me away, ha ha. From Debian.org I did fetch, an ISO image that was a nice catch. An OS was imaged post haste, a Windows shop showed much distaste. VM of DOS I did create, users then did celebrate. As temporary solutions go, this permanent fix was de facto. I'm pretty sure even if I was allowed to play the tune and try to sing along with it, yeah, I would have mangled it even worse than I just did by just reciting it like a poem, but it was very funny when I read it and uh, I enjoyed it a lot and I had that tune, well, and will have that tune stuck in my head for like the next week, so enjoy, because you will too now. It's winter, my peoples. User, so how did we get here? What do I do next time to prevent this? Analyst, nothing to worry about. It was just a frozen session. It just happens sometimes. There's nothing you can do to prevent it. Sometimes the server just freezes like that. User, but my space heater's been running all morning and my computer's hot. It's that time, folks. For my hardware peeps, I'm sorry for you guys who service enclosed cubes with desktops on the floor and end users who are able to smuggle in space heaters. You know it's coming. Oh my god, not that kind of frozen ding-dong. Ah, uh, yeah, you know it's coming. You know, all, all those people who have to have a little space heater under their desk to keep their little tootsies warm, when really, all they have to do is just either put on a different pair of shoes, socks, whatever. Yeah, go ahead, overheat your PC so it shuts down or freezes or whatever. Oh well. Node down. I used to work for an ISP in the NOC, monitoring its national and international networks. I had been there for a few months when winter hits, and we noticed an edge node going offline for a week, coming back up for a while and then going offline again. This happens multiple times that winter, and we just follow protocol and alert the nearest technician. So one stormy winter night, my curiosity got the better of me when reporting yet again that said node was down. I asked, what is it with this node? I then got the surprising answer that this node was located on a small island of less than 100 people, poorly placed on the dock, so that when the winter storms hit, the waves would spray over it, <laughs> and the sea spray would then cause a ground fault, tripping the GFI. 
All that was needed was for the tech to travel a few hours by boat and reset the GFI. <laughs> oh my god. Moving that node just a bit up the road away from the water would fix the issue. Should have been raised as an issue in planning the node. This is what happens when engineers and designers don't work on fixing things. Wow. That was poor planning. You know, I mean, I've seen plenty of things running on docks all over the world. Doesn't matter if you get storms, flooding, whatever. There's usually a solution. Yes, you got to have a GFI, ground fault circuit interrupter, but there's also a way to seal them so that the damp salt air doesn't affect things inside. And the, if the waves crash, it's sealed so that, you know, the water doesn't just run in there. Um, you know, just mounting things a little higher off the ground and sealing them probably would have solved all those issues too without having to run extra cable to get it up the road. Uh, am I missing something? You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.